defenses. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. Initiate bank protocol. What's good? Friends of the pod, friends, friends in our in our fellow uh, flock. It's another episode of Bird Protocol with uh, with me, Palm Reader, and uh, and. Hey, it's Otis Morris. How are you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm I'm feeling good. Uh, I wanted to start a shout out. Happy birthday to uh, my lovely partner Megan, uh, and uh, and it's a a nice Friday. Uh, the new Predator movie dropped. Uh, and, uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good day. How are you feeling today? Good. Woke up early, got a haircut, looking fresh, feeling good. Um, yeah, it's a, I like, I like when I get the start days off, like early and do stuff like in the morning and then not have to do anything for the rest of the day. Like it's one thirty right now. The fucking like you know I could go anywhere after this. Yeah, you have, you have I, I no do anything, dude. <laughs> the world is your oyster. I I unfortunately yeah. I do have to uh, run a couple errands and then uh, then I'm just gonna uh, I'm not in Pennsylvania today, so Meg and I are gonna watch some uh, some some TV and FaceTime and do all that stuff, and then we're gonna play some Jackbox later with you and and pair oh, and everybody. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, no, it's it's uh it's a pretty a pretty uh relaxed day i feel like it's a good day to uh to talk about um the six god himself uh, mm-hmm. uh aubrey drake graham that's right today I I, aubrey aubrey yeah uh yeah, i don't think anybody would have expected that we would have done an episode on drake um because i mean he's drake you know but uh we wanted to talk about canadian artists in a kind of two-piece thing where we talked about the hip last week uh, which is probably which who are probably the biggest Canadian band within Canada. I mean, mm-hmm. some people might say like Rush or Neil Young or whatever, but you know they oh, are yeah. one of they are on the Mount Mount Rushmore of Canadian bands. And then For this, sure, yeah, yeah. And then this time we're talking about Drake, who who started and still reps uh, the four one six Toronto um, very heavily. Uh, and is very involved in the city, but has grown beyond the borders of North America, even not just Canada, uh, and is now probably uh, one of the biggest, uh, you know, indefinitely in the top five biggest artists in the world right now, I, I would think. I yeah, mean, he's a pop superstar, for yeah. sure. Like, he's he's huge. Um uh, and, and not just in, I mean, he's huge here, uh, obviously. Oh um, yeah. He's gotta be like, he's gotta be like the biggest selling Canadian artist of all time. Maybe like, cause who else with their Celine Dion? Maybe. Maybe. But that's it. But that's it. But, but think about it. Celine Dion only has fucking the Titanic song. Drake has albums. Of yeah. Hits. Uh and and um huge in in Canada, huge in the states, huge in the UK, huge in Africa, huge everywhere. Like there he is um 
uh, a like, okay, here, I'll put it this way. Um, I'm sure everybody listening has heard of Drake, but my, my cousins went to Africa to travel and they were in South Africa. Um, and they, it was, I think around the time or maybe a year after, uh, if you're reading this, it's too late came out. Um, and they were in South Africa and they were, uh, with a, a guide outside of the main city in a more uh, rural area and they went to a bar. I, I may be screwing this exactly where this, this is secondhand storytelling, but they were in a bar area and they were brought in and they were like the only white guys that got, that came in. And there was like a moment of tension where they were kind of unsure about what was going on. But one of them was wearing a six God hat. And so somebody asks or somebody said, oh, Drake, you know, Drake. And they're like, yeah, we're from Toronto. And they got like the red carpet rolled out to them because they were from the same city as Drake. And they all loved Drake so much that suddenly they got like preferential treatment just because they were from Toronto wearing a Drake hat. Could have there have been a miscommunication or like, you know, a, uh, what do they call it? Uh, like something lost in translation where perhaps these people thought that they had actually knew Drake or were associated with Drake. I, from the way that the story was told, told to me, it was just that they loved Drake so much. And the fact that they were from Toronto and one of them was wearing a six God hat, uh, was enough to make them good in their books. And then all of a sudden the place welcomed them and played a lot of Drake. Um, so, yeah. you know, I, I, I mean, that's just Drake's uh, reach, I guess. I don't know. Um, maybe I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have to get my, one of my cousins to come on and, and properly tell the story. Cause the way he tells it is far more exciting and interesting. Um, and his whole trip in South Africa was super interesting to hear I mean, about what it was like there. But I mean, that's just the power of, of, of of Aubrey, you know, like <laughs> that's just yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing is, you know, he is a pop superstar. He is a brand. Is that people from like because <clears throat> I know exactly what hat you're talking about. It's either Ooh. a white or black hat where it's just the hand praying logo with the six, and yes. it's very not. It's not a very you know. It's not a huge logo. It's very small on the hat. So you know that I think speaks volumes to the power of Aubrey and, you know, his reach internationally worldwide of that, you know, a logo was recognized a logo who he used on maybe, I don't know, one or two albums. Yeah. And I mean, like also on top of that, he's got OVO, right? So like, yeah, you have the Drake iconography with the OVO October's very own, which is not only a label, but also a clothing company and a sports gear company and yada, 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 um, which, you know, and it does say here he is mm-hmm. among the best selling music artists in the world with over 170 million records sold. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he's ranked as the highest certified and digital sales artist uh, in the United States. Um, so, you know, this dude is... We're talking like whether or not you like his music or whether or not you 
appreciate him or you think he's corny or whatever. Yeah, Stats or if you don't have a lie. particular era of Drake that you maybe like more than other. Like, say, maybe you're really into, you know, sad, in his feelings, pop rap Drake from, you know, in the early days. Maybe you like the new whatever he's doing, like Soka <laughs> beats or whatever the fuck it is that he's doing now. I don't know. But yeah. like, you know, maybe you're somewhere in the middle. Maybe you like Young Money Drake. Maybe you like OVO Drake. This is also another thing that's genius about Drake and him as a brand is how many different things he's created. Like how many like, like he's like a pro wrestler with the way he comes up with like fucking like new gimmicks almost like now he's like jacked has like corn rolls but like you know he has the six god before that like there's the whole yolo phase there's the yeah. ovo oh, thing you can't then you, young money then there's the whole like skepta phase where like bo- he was branding <laughs> boy better know all the time yeah and then like he the way he just like gets on to something makes it huge for like a year and then like does it again like you know, like even the way like like everyone was with like hell he made like hell yeah fucking right like a phrase people said. Like, oh, and YOLO and yeah. like every the, the thing that people don't understand, and this is one something that I wanted to talk about with Drake, is that almost every single one of his albums is like th- three months too early. Like he puts out an album and everyone goes, especially in the later half of his career, but it's kind of been the whole time. Where people go, oh, this is kind of corny. This is kind of dumb. Like, I don't understand why he's doing this. Why what why is he incorporating this kind of sound? Oh, it's it's too pop. Oh, he's singing too much. Oh, this is too like yada yada yada. Whatever the the thing that people criticize it for. And then like three to four months later, every single person is doing it. It he has it's it's so insane to me that people kind of, I mean, we live in such a uh immediacy era where people listen to an album, they have their opinion of it within two or three days. They tweet some funny lines about it or they tweet, Oh, this bangs or Oh, whatever. And then next week, the next artist releases. So they're, they forget about it and they go to the next artist. Everything is very quick. Now there's not a lot of, you know, the way that the internet and, and, and social media has made things it things come and go very quickly. Um, and people love to be like, Oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. This isn't good. Or this is, I don't like this or blah, 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 blah. blah. But then a couple months later, you see all of the influence of, of what it is that Drake did. It's like when Scorpion came out, people were like, Oh, this is weak. This isn't good. Blah, blah, blah. A year later, you can hear almost all of the, the first album in, in a club and a bunch of the songs from the second part of the album in the club and people are going crazy and people are, are, you know, maybe I judged you too harshly, you know, and it happens with every single release he makes. He has this, there's this immediate period where everybody talk, 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 talk. And then over the course of a year, it becomes just everybody loves it. And then the next thing drops, like exactly what you said. He has this immense influence and, moving power within like the hip-hop and pop pop cultures well Um, yeah as you said he also has like a great way of acknowledging trends like his even like his very earliest releases like his first shit that like got him signed like that was very much like 808s and heartbreaks kid cuddy influenced like you know sort of sad emo pop rap not not what current like not what like current like emo rap is now but like you know, pe- 
Because that's the thing. It was an early criticism of Drake. It's like, oh, this guy's in his feelings. This guy's fucking corny. This guy's soft. Like, like that was that was a legitimate thing. And like, that's the thing. Like, I remember when Drake was like trying to like when like he started getting popular, and I was in high school, and I'd be like, Drake's fucking this guy's a pussy. Like, what? Like, how do you, how do you listen to this? This guy doesn't have bars. Like, what? This guy this guy's never like done anything. But then you know, but he realized that you know. He was ahead of the curve because then how many rappers were doing that exact sort of, oh, girl, what you going to do? Uh, ee, uh. Like how many people do that now? Hundreds, thousands. Yeah. Like it's it's uh, it's like, again, you can you can have opinions about specific releases or or him in general, but you can, like the stats don't lie. Four Grammy Awards, six American Music Awards, 34 Billboard Music Awards, two Brit Awards, three Juno Awards, uh, 10 number one hits on the Billboard Hot 100, uh, holds a further Hot 100, uh, and holds way more other Hot 100 records, has the most top 10 singles, most charted songs, most simultaneously charted songs in one week, 27 he has the most Hot 100 debuts in a week, 22, and the most continuous time on the Hot 100, 413 weeks. Um, yeah, this guy is, you know, whether or not you you appreciate him or enjoy his music, you can't lie about the stats. Whether you find him kind of corny or whether you enjoy his kind of cheeky behavior, whatever, um, the stats don't lie. Dudes and dude stays in the uh in the social conscious uh uh whether whether you like it or not uh so we wanted to talk about him maybe talk about our favorite albums um you know uh talk about his impact on toronto being someone who lived in toronto for a while uh and uh and also having family who lives there and uh, you know, just just chat about uh, Drizzy Drake, the Six God. Uh, he has he's he had COVID for a minute. Uh, glad to see that he 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 is not sick anymore. Um, and I myself, yeah. I enjoy Drake. I I had a lot of grow as I grew up. I had a lot of like back and forth in my mind about Drake because mm-hmm. when he first came out, I was like, oh, I like this, but it's it's too much of of the same that kind of like whiny sad rap yeah and yeah but he was really like he was kind of the guy that really well i guess like like kid cuddy i guess really was but kid cuddy was sort of in his own lane that like you if you try to rip off kid cuddy it's just like you're ripping off kid cuddy like it's too obvious yeah but like drake managed to like co-op that and like not to mention you know he he eventually had like young money behind him. So like, you know, the credibility of Lil Wayne. So, you know, Drake like upped his bars and stuff, you know, and then, you know, obviously down further down the line, you know, he had things like, you know, the Meek Mill beef, which really fucking gave him a lot of credibility amongst people that probably didn't respect Drake as say a rapper with bars. Cause I know for a fact what he dropped like back to back and the other one, I was like, holy shit, the fuck? Yeah. Did Drake, Drake? That's Drake? That's that's Drizzy Drake that just did that? That's bodying people right now? Are you serious? Yeah. And like, I mean, on top of that too, is like he's got a, a stellar feature list 
Um, and he great producers behind him as well. Great producers 40. behind him. Uh, the whole OVO camp is really strong. Uh, there's a little bit of, you know, uh, controversy regarding the way that they handle artists. A lot of times they sign artists to OVO and then use them as kind of like songwriting uh, farms, which is which is kind of a predatory practice. But, you know, you can't really um, complain about yeah, OVO doing that when literally Kanye every, does that. Yeah, Dr. Dre does every that. Other like, label does that. So it's like, yeah, yeah you can be mad at OVO, but you got to keep the same energy for for literally other every other Abel. That's how or Abel label uh yeah. able the weekend here there's a uh boom yeah boom Not shout even. outs to drake you can thanks drake for able for well, well i think you know able did his own business but you know drake really helped him ascend to the uh uh the yeah hires. and uh and and another toronto another amazing toronto artist which we should do an episode on because i well firstly i have some great stories to tell about the weekend but um from my own personal life and knowing him before he got famous yeah. Um, I mean, but, I don't, I'm very unfamiliar with his music other than like a few songs here and there. So. Oh, I love The um, Weeknd. Okay, well, anyway, let's get back to Drake. So we should also say that Drake is the global ambassador for the Toronto Raptors. I'm sure you've seen uh, videos, GIFs, images of him sitting courtside. He was responsible, uh, partially responsible for the rebranding of the Raptors um, and, uh, and, um, he's very involved. The OVO Athletic Center is where a lot of them train, um, and uh, and uh, it's uh, yeah. He's on the executive committee for the for that franchise. He's also working with uh, Virginia Black. Uh, it's a bourbon whiskey out of the states, which broke sales records in Canada. He's also a fashion designer, um, and he has a sublabel collaboration with Nike oh. called Nocta. Uh, and I didn't and know he had his own whiskey. Yes, like he he did. Hmm. He does. And also on top of that, he has uh, an entertainment production company and a and a candle company as well, a fragrance house that does candles. Um, and he, uh, we've talked about Euphoria before on this uh, on this show. Yeah. He's an ex- uh, either a producer, or executive producer, on uh, on, like on Euphoria, um, and Drake also top- producing horny teenagers. <laughs> That's a little bit too on the nose. Um, also, uh, <laughs> Top Boy uh, show on Netflix, and I think it's on the BBC. I don't know much about it. I haven't watched it. People say I should, um, but yeah, Top Boy. He's involved with. Uh, he, as, as Otis said, has been involved with young money, uh, and cash money records, um, and also involved in, uh, uh, boy better know, uh, out of the UK, um, with Skepta and, uh, the rest of, uh, of the, uh, that grime crew. Um, yeah. So let's talk about where, 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 where it all started. Uh, Drake was born in 1986. Uh, October 24th, hence the October's very own, um, in Toronto, ah. Ontario. Uh, Somehow, I didn't know that, but that's just, that's just like so fucking obvious. That's just one of those things. It's like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so um, he, his father, Dennis Graham, uh, was uh, from Memphis, um, who was a drummer who performed al- alongside Jerry Lee Lewis uh, and his yeah. mother, Sandra, uh, uh, was a teacher and a florist. Um, they, uh, met each other, uh, at, uh, at club blue note and, uh, and, uh, he, and then he was, he was born. 
um, uh, and that uh, the he Drake came to be. Uh, we don't have to get into the specifics of that. Uh, unfortunately, well, what happened was his <laughs> father and his mother loved each other very, very much, and so. They went into the Sears catalog and they ordered themselves a nice little Aubrey. And then, you know, the uh, the fucking stork came flying by with the baby, dropped it off. And then, you know, Larry Graham with his fucking wild mustache came by. I was like, this dude's going to be a star. And then, and yeah, then, and yeah then, then he was an actor. Yes. And then, and then future said sensational. Um, and the rest was history. Uh, yeah. So, um, he, uh, he was, uh, living in Toronto. He went to, uh, 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 Forest Hill Collegiate Vaughn Academy. Um, and, uh, he, he wanted to, uh, become an actor is what, where, where he started. So this is where the, the, the career beginnings happen. Um, he he was wanted to be a star. I want to be a star, my come on. Yeah, and also I should say he also he lived in Weston Road uh and Forest Hill. Um Weston Road uh was the working class West End, uh, and then he moved to uh, Forest Hill, which is what more affluent part of Toronto. Um also Drake as a young as a young man, he has dual citizenship between Canada and the States. So he would go down mm-hmm. to uh Memphis, um uh he um so you can already tell that this guy you know he's connected to like the industry like he's connected to entertainment his parents you know like they're you know you said his mom was a teacher or something like that or whatever yeah his, his mom was a his teacher. dad and his uncle are musicians so like you know he's got these entertainments in him yeah it's within him and also you can see here where um it's important to to highlight toronto is one of the most multicultural cities in the world um, and, uh, and also him traveling to Memphis, which he's always said Memphis was a very big part of his musical career. He has, co- uh, collaborations with Bum B, uh, Pimp C from all people from all across the, the, the Southern States and all over the States. I mean, he's biggest artist in the world at multiple points. So, you know, but, um, but that Memphis, uh, Southern Southern sound influenced him very much. And then also being in Toronto, which again, being one of the most, if not the most multicultural city in the world um, and living in multiple places in, in Toronto, living in, in the West end, which at the time was, mm-hmm. was not, uh, 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 and still, although, you know, there is some gentrification of the West End happening over the past 10 years, but for a long time was more of the working class region. And then being in uh, the North in the more affluent uh, region of Forest Hill, he's getting a, a bit of everything. So, so then Drake goes on and, uh, and he, um, he wound up getting uh, a role on the Canadian teen drama series, Degrassi, the next generation, uh, mm-hmm. playing Jimmy Brooks, AKA wheelchair, Jimmy, uh, yeah. basketball store star who becomes physically disabled after he's shot by a classmate in a very, uh, uh, thrilling arc of Degrassi. Um, yeah. Uh, short little tan- side note on Degrassi. Uh, Degrassi kind of slaps like there's, moments of it that are kind of cheesy but it's also the show is kind of a precursor to something like euphoria like 
you know, TV, like this is back like early 2000s. Like there's versions of Degrassi from like the 90s, I believe, the early 90s as well. But like Degrassi Next Generation was like, er, like early to late 2000s. I think there's probably another version of Degrassi on now. But like it kind of was like one of the earlier versions of like the teen drama sort of thing. And they dealt with a lot of issues, but like, you know, being on Canadian television, you can't show the wildest shit. So actually thinking of it now, it makes sense as to why Drake is a producer on a show like Euphoria, because he has the experience of working on an actual teen drama and you know obviously euphoria beyond hbo if you're allowed to show the dicks everywhere euphoric horniness of teenagers so titties and dicks everywhere um yeah yeah so he was on he was in 100 episodes between 2001 and 2008 uh he his character wheelchair jimmy turns to rapping uh after he's shot um he didn't uh really like the storyline wanted to redo it he also thought there was some tokenism to his his character being one of the only black characters in the series. Um, and it believed that it could, he believed that it could negatively influence his standing as a rapper. Cause around this time he was becoming, uh, you know, starting his journey into hip hop. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I and, think that was a, like a plot they incorporated into the show. Too. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he yeah. was rapping in it after he got shot. Um, and, uh, and then during that time he, he, uh, he dropped, uh, uh some mixtapes, um, the early mixtapes uh, include Room for Improvement in 2006, which featured Trey Songs and Lupe Fiasco uh, and had uh, production from uh, Boy Wanda, who's now one of the biggest producers in hip hop, and Frank Dukes, who's also a huge producer in, in hip hop. But this was before they were uh, huge, huge. This is like right at the start. Um, mm. And uh, uh, in 2007, he released his second mixtape, which is actually really good. I really, really like this mixtape. And this was the first Drake that I ever heard, actually, was Comeback Season. Um, And uh, around that time is when he founded October's Very Own. Um, that album had, uh, had replacement girl with Trey songs. Um, and, uh, and it was selected as new joint of the day on BET. Um, uh, he, there's some other good songs in that. We'll get, we'll get to that. Uh, um, uh, we'll get to that later. Um, and, uh, uh, I don't the, know. Uh, I didn't like, I don't really know Drake's early, early mixtapes. Like I would say, so far gone is really where well i guess i guess comeback season some people like people that really really were like tapped in like knew about comeback season i wasn't into that but so far gone like that one had some so that's like best i ever had is oh and successful in uh, houston land of vegas and yeah. So then after that, so so because Drake sampled Man of the Year uh by Briscoe, Flo Rida, and Lil Wayne, uh, and retained Lil Wayne's verse, um uh Lil Wayne heard the song, he was gifted the song by Jazz Prince, 
and uh, and Lil Wayne invited Drake to Houston to join his The Carter Three tour. Uh, and then through that tour, Drake and Lil Wayne recorded multiple songs together, including Ransom, Forever, and a remix to Brand New. Uh, and then in 2009, uh, his third mixtape, So Far Gone, uh, was down- made available for free download through his OVO blog and featured Lil Wayne, Trey Songs, Omarion, Lloyd, and Bun B. There we have the... Uh, the the Texas connection, uh, Bun B of UGK. Um, it uh, it downloaded. Uh, it had cra- mainstream commercial success. It was downloaded over two thousand times within the first two hours of its release, which seems insane that it's so small. Uh, but that was, I mean, for him probably quite quite good best I ever had successful. Both got certified gold um, and uh, um, successful peaked at number two, uh, or sorry, best I ever had peaked at number two. Um, and, uh, yeah. And, uh, uh, it won, uh, the billboard, or it, re- it, it was re-released as an EP and, uh, won the rap recording of the year at the 2010 Juno awards. Uh, and due to the success of that mixtape, he was the subject of a bidding war from various labels, um, one of the biggest ever, so say the sources, uh, and uh, he uh, signed with uh, Young Money Entertainment on June 29th, two thousand nine, uh, and that was the launch of like, ooh, like Young Money was huge. Like then, like there's because you had Lil Wayne, you had Drake, and you had Nicki Minaj, who still, you know. 10 plus years later are still three of the most influential stars in hip hop. I mean, Nikki and Drake are full on like pop superstars, you know, Lil Wayne's sort of like, sort of like, you know, people have now come to actually recognize Lil Wayne as, you know, the sort of fucking dude that he's been the whole time. Like, you know, Lil Wayne's been sick. Yeah, Lil Wayne's been Lil Wayne's been dope. Uh, Lil Wayne has one of the most consistent outputs, and and I mean, he has some big flops, but yeah, like, yeah. I he's mean, got there's some, some classics too. So like, oh yeah, I mean, Lil Wayne since the since since his early early days, like Hot Boys and stuff like that. He he's been putting out steadily and some stuff. I mean, you, when you're putting out that much, when you're putting out like mm-hmm. a mixtape every two months, there's going to be some stinkers. Um, mm-hmm. But he just stays working and 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 stays putting stuff out. And one of the things that I admire the most, now I'm stealing this a little bit from another podcast I listened to a while ago, but it was such a good point that I have to mention it. Is how amazing it was that Little Wayne took Young Money. And then the breakaway stars from Young Money being, uh, you know, Drake and Nicki Minaj, and to some extent, Tyga. Mm-hmm. Tyga did really well. Um, yeah, but Drake, uh, Drake and Nicki were blowing up and going absolutely crazy. And Lil Wayne just stepped back and let them. And I think that that's like one of the craziest things because as the person in the podcast pointed out, you have to be a very humble person to look at these people that you've taken as your kind of like posse of young artists who are suddenly becoming more popular than you uh, and becoming bigger or as big as you are and not feel jealousy and not feel like you need to control them. He just said, go, you know, let go, 
become the stars you need to be. I'm still Lil Wayne and you guys are going to be you. And then just the total rocket to the top of Nikki and and Drake. And, and to this day, you know, you hear Drake talk about Lil Wayne and he speaks with reverence and respect and like understands. And you just, it's just such a cool thing that Lil Wayne was like, here's this kid from Toronto that I signed to young money. Who's now becoming the biggest pop star in the world. And I'm not going to feel a way about it because I got mine. I'm good. I know who I am. That's a lot of like, um, security in yourself confidence. Like it's, that's, it's sick. You know, I mean, Lil Wayne has is one of the uh, he truly doesn't give a fuck. Like you watch so many interviews with him, and like the guy's just like, eh. like half the time he just doesn't give a fuck, and he just does what he does. And like I don't know, I used to like not be the biggest Lil Wayne fan, but like you know. I've come to, you know, like many, come to acknowledge that that dude was fucking, you know, he he was a lot of sh- he fathered a lot of shit in in hip hop, but um, yeah. So anyway, so after so far gone, where are we? Uh, after so far gone, we uh, have his debut album, Thank Me Later, um and uh uh which released in 2010 it was originally planned for 2008 but it it didn't uh, come out until 2010 um uh or sorry uh i guess it was pushed back to it was pushed back a couple times first to march 2010 then to may and then uh and then it came out in june sorry that was my mistake um and See, this is back when rappers actually made release dates for albums this is you know like this, i hate now that they just you know fucking people are just like oh uh here's an album like right now and it's just like oh well like you know usually you know i, I like the old school maybe that's, that's just me i prefer the old school way of you know releasing a single months of head and you're like oh shit this song's kind of good and then you know as the album approaches you get like another single and you're like okay i kind of like where this is going and then you know usually there's like another single that's like completely out of like left field and you're like hmm now i'm intrigued and then you know the album actually drops and then you're like okay and then you listen to it but now they're just like, ah, here's some singles. And then like they just drop a project that has nothing to do with any of the singles or anything. Yeah, we live anyway, in it's the but, social media age. Uh, yeah. you know, ro- album rollouts are different now. Um, but yes, yeah, so it was it was released on June 15th, 2010. It debuted number one on the Billboard 200, uh, with o- almost half a million s- sales in the first week. Um, featured Lil Wayne, Kanye West, Jay-Z. Uh, let's see. I want to make sure I get them all. I know Nicki Minaj is on there. Um, Alicia Keys, T.I. and Swiss Beats, Young Jeezy, uh, The Dream. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, 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 it came out and it, it did, uh, uh, really well. It was huge. Like I remember this album, like I was in high school when this came out and this album was big time like like there was a there was either there was a division like you either loved hate 
loved Drake or hated Drake. Like there was you couldn't like you couldn't you couldn't be in the middle. Yeah. I I some I managed to be in the middle, but that's just because I'm a sly, cool motherfucker. So <laughs> cool as a cucumber. Um, yeah. <laughs> so and the first single that he debuted was Over, which had a really good music video, and uh, it was just a really good song. Uh, song. Me and Pear listened to the song earlier today, and like, I still remember it, like line for line. Yeah, like, it's I was good. Like, oh shit, I know. And the beats hard as fuck. And like, he shouts out Dead Prez. Like that's so sick, um, and uh, and um, find your love. The second single, I'm sure everybody remembers. He dropped a first with a rap rap song over, then followed it with his Drake singing R and B. Find your love, um, uh, which uh, which was even a bigger success than over, uh, which mm-hmm. and and uh, over peaked at number fourteen on the Billboard. Uh, find your love was number five. It was certified platinum. Um, it over was nominated for best rap solo performance at the Grammys. Uh, and these are just the singles before the album came out. Then the album drops, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it was the top selling debut album for any artist in 2010. It was uh, huge. Um, and uh, yeah, and then he uh, 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 you know, then he, he, from there, he just went, it was just, it's the Drake show, you know? Yeah. Cause at this point, like he was then, especially in Canada, like this was the first time a Canadian rapper, like, especially he had international success because like his association with young money that gave him access to like the States, like, cause a lot of Canadian rappers that are really good, like like the tragically hip they don't have like breakthrough success like down in the states or like you know in the uk like rappers like classified uh chad cadence weapon all fantastic canadian rappers but like they're very you know they're sort of like people only really know about them in canada they don't have huge international success Drake fucking cracked it. Like he broke through. And his association with, you know, Lil Wayne cannot be understated because that really gave him credibility. Because why the fuck are people in the States going to listen to a rapper from Canada? Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what the fuck is and Canada? Then on, and like, then on top why of are that- we going to listen to Canada? We have New York, we have Atlanta, we yeah. have. Well, and I think also his connection to Texas helped a lot too um, because he got the cosign from Bun B and other uh, kind of Texas Houston figureheads. Mm -hmm. Um, A fun fun thing to note around this time, he was uh, supposed to have a prominent role in uh, Gears of War 3, but then he never did. Uh, but it's just funny to think about that we could have been playing a Gears of War game with with Drake. <laughs> That's, That's pretty, one of the pretty sick. Um, he also in 2010 he hosted the first ever OVO Fest in Toronto, which is a staple of Toronto summers and has been for over 10 years. Um, and 
And shortly after that, he announced uh, his uh, second effort, uh, which would eventually come to be called Take Care. Uh, and, it, and he announced his intentions to allow Noah 40 Shabib, OVO 40, the main house producer, in-house producer for OVO and Drake. Um, and, uh, and he was going to host the most um, of the production and create a cohesive sound, um, because on thank me later, he used a, there, there's a variety of different producers. It's kind of all over the place. Like it's very much a first major label album where you're kind of throwing shit at a wall, seeing what sticks and you know, like it kind like you kind of figured out and it it works like you figured out Drake's sound really like Drake is better on you know uh you know more sort of like laid back watery sort of, kind of like ambient sound yeah like yeah. something like a swiss beats beat although you know sick beats but like something like fancy isn't you know that's that's not Drake's be- bread and butter no say. no but like you know something like true love marvin's room we're getting there like hell yeah, yeah fucking right like those type of beats that maybe like not all necessarily 40 beats but you know being he got better he got produced by 40 it was definitely a far more cohesive album. yeah he got better at picking picking you know they worked to create a more cohesive thing he got better at picking out the beats and 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 take care is is often lauded as his uh his best album um it's my personal favorite and uh uh he uh even though he said he the the album was a bit rushed, uh, he didn't get to take the time he wanted to on that record. I rushed a lot of songs, and sonically, I didn't get to sit down with the record and say I should change this verse. Once it was done, it was done. That's why my new album is called Take Care, because I get to take my time this go around. So that's what he was talking, sorry, about the first album. Um, mm-hmm. Thank Me Later was rushed, whereas this one, he was he had the time. My bad my notes are very scribbled. Uh, he, he had the time to, to actually work on it and create, uh, this kind of, as it's said on Wikipedia, a low temple, sensuous and dark sonic aesthetic, uh, of thank me later. Um, and he also, uh, uh, incorporated R&B and pop more into the album uh which uh which allowed it to be kind of bigger and larger and really solidified what what uh Drake was doing whereas thank me later um and now that I read this about him saying that it was rushed it kind of makes sense because it is kind of all over the place. Although do I do appreciate the fact that the, some of the beats that he picked out were from really uh underground uh, producers, um, kind of people who were rat like hip hop heads, favorite producers and, and working with Swiss beats and working with people like that. Like, I think that you're right in saying that it, it is very much a first studio, uh, like label album. Um, yeah. but take care is where he kind of came into his own. Um, and, uh, all of the, the, uh, Songs that he released, Dreams Money Can Buy, Marvin's Room, Headlines, um, all of them were on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, Honestly, and has, I would say, 
two of Drake's most underrated songs. Like, Underground Kings is a really fucking good song. It's not a single. Like, it has... It's one of his least played songs. I was checking through Spotify, seeing, like, the plays. Like, if, this going back to Drake's earlier albums on Spotify, like, they only have... they so, so, Most songs have, like, less than 100 million plays whereas like more of his recent shit as they all have like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and i was like oh so there's a lot of people that have yet to even go back and like check out these albums so if you decide to go back and check out take care for the first time and you don't know how sick drake was 10 years ago go back listen to underground kings he's got bars listen to lord knows featuring rick ross which has banger some of the best Drake bars ever, one of the best Rick Ross features ever, and perhaps one of the hardest just blaze beats ever. Like, yeah. Um, speaking of which there were also rumors of a collaborative album with Lil Wayne and a collaborative album with Rick Ross, uh, prior to the release of take care. Uh, Rick Ross has said, uh, as of last year, that a joint album is still possible and that they've casually discussed it. Fans would really like it. I would really like it. I think Ross and Drake are a great combo. Um, yes, dude. Any Drake, Drake and Rick Ross songs are fire. Like, um, what's the DJ Khaled song? Like, I'm on one. Like, that song is fire. This is another thing. Also, Drake's features at the, this time, like Drake is doing features on everyone's shit. Like, yeah, he's getting he's a crazy. Drake feature is huge. Like, that's why that one I forget what song it is. Mac Miller on the Faces uh, mixtape. I did it all without a Drake feature. Like, because everybody at this time had a Drake feature. If your label gave you a million dollars to make an album. So much of that was going towards a Drake feature. Yeah. And, uh, and so Take Care was released in 2011. Generally positive reviews from music critic uh, John McDonald of NME dubbed it an affecting masterpiece and commended its delicate, um, mellifluous sound and unashamedly candid emotive lyrics. Uh, Pitchfork uh, said that Drake's technical abilities had improved and... Uh, uh, just as his thematic concerns have become richer, so has the music backing him up. Um, there, it goes on and on. Uh, that this is uh, uh, a uh, a f- the, the album affirm the best of it affirms Drake uh, as shaping up uh, as shaping a pop persona with staying power. Um, it's won the best rap album at the fifty fifth annual Grammy Awards. Huge commercial success, certified quadruple platinum in 2016. It might even be diamond now. I don't know. Um, With the third and fourth singles, the motto and take care being released. uh, The motto is, uh, is what made YOLO. Uh, That is the motto, homie YOLO. Yeah. Uh, You only live once. Uh, that in 2012, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing someone saying YOLO in Canada or yep. the United States. It became a ironically, like unironically. It, yeah, it just took everybody. Over. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, and uh, it's uh, 
it was huge. It was just huge. Mm-hmm. It's people say it's his best. Um, I I believe that it it's up there. I actually wanted, if we were talking about underrated songs, I did want to shout out one that I think is just incredible that not a lot mm-hmm. of people know or think about. But on Thank Me Later, uh, there is a song called Karaoke. It's like a oh, yeah. really, really stripped back um, kind of like R&B, hip hop. It's just him singing with like really, really light lights, kind of ambient sounds in the background and these kind of almost boom bap drums, but they're, they're kind of like watery. It's, it's just, um, it's like one of my favorite Drake songs ever. And I just love it. It's so good. And it kind of like, when I had first heard thank me later, when that song was the song that made me go, Oh, this guy's different, you know? Cause like we were used to Drake singing, singing his, his kind of find your love, but karaoke was yeah. like, it felt like it was like a very like, personal and emotive like honest song that i wasn't expecting and the production was kind of different and it just it, to me that's one of the songs that you got to listen to uh to kind of understand drake i i just love it it's really good anyway so from there i mean now you're in territory of drake is one of the biggest artists in the world yeah now he's going yeah this is where he starts to go god mode yeah. Then you have nothing was the same. Um uh uh I would he, say the arg the, this is probably the one album you could ar- truly argue as his best, I would say. Yeah, he's this album is crazy. Um he uh uh he, this is where you get uh uh like, um, started from the bottom. Started from behavior, the bottom. Hold on, we're going home. Fucking pound cake, Tuscan leather. Fucking all me. Like Wu Tang forever. Wu Tang forever. Uh, the uh, yeah. This it's just it's so good. Like there's, I can't even. Yeah, it's just so good. Tuscan leather started from the bottom. Wu Tang forever, as you said. Worst behavior. Uh, hold hold on, we're going home. Three oh five to my city. Too much with Sampha, Pound Cake, Paris Morton Music Two. Just it's it's crazy. It BET Hip Hop's album of the year, nominated for best rap album. Uh, won a Juno for rap recording of the year. It was long listed for the Polaris Prize. It was nominated at Soul Train Music Awards. Um, it was uh, uh critically successful. Um, it, it released on September 24th, 2013, again, again, debuting at number one with over half a million copies sold in the first week, 6,508, uh, 6,058, no, 658,000 copies. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I having a stroke. Um, I don't know, man. It was, uh, it was on top of the charts in Canada, Denmark, Australia, and the United States. Uh, Doing numbers. Generally favorable reviews. Um, commanding the musical shift in terms of tone and subject matter. Comparing it to the distinct change showcased in Kanye West's 808s and Heartbreak. Um, uh, the album was reported to have sold over 1,720,000 copies in the United States. Um it it was uh uh he that was also uh when drake 
shortly after in January of 2014, hosted Saturday Night Live and being the musical guest. Um, That's huge. Yeah. And then it, and then it's, it's, it was, it was huge. It was hugely, uh, uh, like he started from the bottom was everywhere. Started from the bottom. He had a billboard. He put a billboard up in Toronto. He put a billboard up that said started from the bottom with the little OVO album. And then in the music video, he's rapping on the billboard and the billboard was really there. I saw it like that's yeah. just, that's just, that's ball and shit, man. It was mm-hmm. sick. Um, and it was named as one of the best albums of 2013. It was a commercial success. And you know, it, this is the one as Otis said that you could say is probably his best. Um, but then out of nowhere on one day in February of 2015. And I remember it like it was yesterday because I was living on Bricker and my roommate came to my door and knocked on my door and I opened the door and he goes, Joe, did you know Drake dropped? And I said, no. And it was, if you're reading you too this, late. Too, yeah, <laughs> I was too late. If you're reading this, it's too late, which to me is my favorite. I absolutely. Here's the thing is that if you're reading it, it's too late. It's technically a mixtape. It's not an album. The On a technicality, that's why you can say nothing was the same. It's his best album. Yeah. Um, if you're reading this, it's too late. Dropped out of nowhere. It was, I. it's dubbed as a commercial mixtape i don't know what it is um it was it was it's uh, an album let's let's be honest and it's hot it's it's a hot commodity it's it's bars man it's it's i think it was i don't know if it was because drake excuse me felt like he needed to prove something um he had announced already that the uh, uh, album that would come out next would be called Views from the Six, which was then later shortened to Views. Um, uh, he he uh, had uh, mentioned in an interview with Demar Derozan of the Raptors that he was, uh, or uh, Demar Derozan mentioned in an interview that Drake was intending to release a mixtape in 2015, but it was an offhanded comment. Um, in in yeah, it was it was. Is this dropped. just Drake's version of LeBron being like, "Yo, Kendrick, drop more," and then Kendrick dropped the mixtape. Is this this is just the same thing, but like the Toronto version? Yeah, um, it's <laughs> a lot of people. Oddly enough, um, critics had some had said you know like tim sender of all music said it makes for an album that's hard to love right away but if you stick with it it's a rewarding listen uh and and uh the av club said drake may not have an hour's worth of great songs here but he does have an hour's worth of thoughts that he needs to get off his chest uh uh this is he People, but then other people said like Entertainment Weekly said late is hardly a throwaway. In fact, it might be his most consistently rewarding full length yet. Um, It was produced by Boy Wanda, uh, 40, Party Next Door. Um, It was nominated for Best Album in the 2016 Grammy Awards. Uh, It was 
album. It was uh, ranked 367th on Rolling Stone's updated list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Um, it is, okay. it's. I mean, the run of the songs, Energy, The Ten Bands, To Know Yourself, To No Telling, like that is. It's, it, the, dude. That's a run. The first legend, Energy, Ten Bands, know, know Yourself, No Telling is incredible. It's listening to that the first time, especially legend. If I die, I'm a legend. I'm a first. I'm a, it's like, it's so yeah. good. And then it goes into energy and the beat on 10 bands, 10 bands, 50 bands, 100 bands. 100 oh my bands. fucking man. It's just I so good. Man. And then you keep going and you get six God, you get, um, uh, 6 p.m. in New York, the bonus track, mm-hmm. Jungle, uh, uh, Company with Travis Scott, Used to with Lil Wayne, Preach with Party Next Door. Um, you know, it's it's just so good. It's just bars. It's barred up. It's Drake rapping, rapping. Now, of course, this is also around the time where the Quentin Miller stuff comes around. Um, and, uh, and, you know, people are finding out about the fact that big rappers have people helping them write. And, yeah, which, and, like, to me, it was like a, yeah, you guys didn't know about this. Like what, <laughs> y'all didn't know? But that's just me. I've yeah. been a, I've been a long time Dr. Dre fan. <laughs> and like, the thing is, Dr. Do- Dre, like, just check the liner notes. Yeah. All the shit's there. All this shit was written by Eminem and fucking Snoop, like back in the day. Yeah. And like, I think, I think all- the issue was that people didn't that he wasn't forthcoming with it which yeah. i can understand to a degree but like yeah let's also two, just like read notes as well yeah, like read th- liner notes <laughs> see who's on his label like you can more or less tell like i always say this when kanye like you can tell when kanye was rapping big sean bars like you were like yeah like you can just tell like yeah and know. uh and also you know yeah most of the kanye albums most of the Dr. Dre albums, I mean, all, well, all of the Dre albums, really, but 2001 yeah. itself specifically, like, it's not surprising to know this. But um, but that caused some controversy because a lot of people on the internet think that they know things, so they mm-hmm. just talk all the time. I mean, I guess that's what we do. But anyway, yeah. um, he dropped, if you're reading this, it's too late, hugely popular, um, and just probably my favorite of his releases Oh, or it could be tied, but but it it's up there. It's mm-hmm. it's a great great project. Um, I love the production. I love the energy yeah. of it. I love the fact that he's kind of like applying pressure to the necks of people. But then he just keeps going. Then that summer he drew, release. He has the beef with Meek Mill. He releases back to back. Charged up. Uh, he releases charged up first. I think it's a. Uh, he released charged. Uh, or right hand and hotline bling, I think. Uh, when he dropped, there's a, a there's a rapid succession of just bangers that uh, Drake was dropping because yeah, with the Meek Mill beef, like Meek Mill's diss tracks were uh, subpar to say the least. Like they are, they were bad. I'm not gonna like the thing the thing that made this beef so like crazy one-sided is that Drake came out with some of the hottest songs like just in general like this these are some of the hottest Drake's like back to back 
is so, it's so fucking good. hard. It's like so he good. could have wrote that song about anybody, and you just be like, "Fuck, this is fuck." Like you, you're done. Like that yeah. song is just well, we, certified. Whereas Meek Mill did this whack ass Undertaker song, and it's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Well, what it ha- what happened was you had the you had the you had right right hand i can't remember exactly the order but i know that hotline bling and right hand came out at the same time hotline bling went on to be one of the a, a, a huge track and it, it's a it's yeah, just like a pop song music right? video gotten was a meme like fucking yeah. you have donald trump doing the hotline bling dance this is where drake also tapped into his secret uh fucking uh night lighting as a meme lord this is when he tapped into the yeah he tapped into that side and realized that he's like oh people fucking hate me well i'm gonna make them like i'm gonna fucking just become everywhere and he realized that people think he's kind of goofy and he kind of leaned into it and paid and it like paid off like now he's kind of like he's untouchable like People just kind of accept that Drake's like kind of goofy. Yeah. Um, so what had happened was that in 2015, Meek Mill publicly criticized Drake on Twitter after being upset with the latter's non-involvement involvement with the promotion of his album Dreams Worth More Than Money, uh, claiming that Drake had used ghostwriters to write his verse on Rico, and then he released the reference track to the song. Um, hey, Rico, that song goes hard. That song does go hard, though. Um, following Drake, following this, Drake released two diss songs within a week, the first one being Charged Up, which was mm-hmm. favorably met, um, but it wasn't, it was like, charged. if Charged Up was like... Uh, um, if charged up was like a nice solid uh jab to the cheek uh uh back to back which he released very shortly after before Meek Mill could even respond he gave Meek Mill a couple days didn't respond and then he released back to back which not only is a better song it's probably one of his best songs and mm-hmm. he on the cover he used uh, a still from Game Six of the 1993 World Series when former professional baseball player Joe Carter of the P- Toronto Blue Jays famous famously hit a walk off home run to win the series against the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, so just just adding adding insult to injury, uh, and he uh, he came out and just. I mean, back to back was huge. Then you yeah. had Hotline Bling. And uh, released with right hand, Hotline Bing, Bling being the the huge song, and then in September, just to keep the ball Ooh. rolling, he dropped what a time, what a time to be alive, a collaborative mixtape with Future, um, what a time, recorded in alive. Atlanta for you know under a week, uh, it, it debuted at number one in at the Billboard Hot 200, making Drake the first hip hop artist to have two projects reach number one in the same year since. 2004 uh it was certified platinum and uh and it was uh combined sales streaming and track sales equivalent of over 1 million units um he was also on the cover of the fader for their 100th issue at this time uh you know what a time to be alive is so much fun that was a good that, that album came out a fun time i remember that album came out it was fun me and the boys Loved it. Like Big Rings, Jumpman. Those are... Dude, that ooh. was when I lived with you. 
Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was that was the t- that what a time to be alive that was. Um, truly, truly. And, and then aptly titled. Yeah, and then uh, in January 2016, uh, he said that his fourth studio album will be coming in the spring. Uh, released summer 16, another uh, uh, good fun Drake track. It was originally titled "Views from the Six, but was later shortened to "Views." Summer 16, number six on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, uh, in it, he was talking his shit, comparing himself to others, uh, to other hip hop artists, uh, who may be considered more tenured or, uh, bigger artists. Um, uh, and then, uh, uh, from there we started getting pop style, uh, uh, the lead singles from views also one dance, which became one of the biggest songs in the world. Um, Yep. One Dance becoming the first Drake's first number one single in Canada and the U.S. as a leading artist. Uh, the single also became first Drake's first number one in the U.K. Peak number one Germany, France, Australia, Australia, Brazil, yeah. Sweden, Belgium, Norway, and the Netherlands. It's um, his most streamed song on Spotify. Yeah, um, yeah. This is it's this is the weird thing is that. Drake was on such a huge, like, his trajectory was huge. And somehow, this is where Drake lost me. Like, I feel like Views was a disappointment in many ways. And I know I'm in a minority because for a lot of people, Views was what they were like, yes, this is the Drake I want. And this is what, this is the sound Drake was more or less based his career on for his next couple of albums. Like, yeah. Um, he, this is to me when views came out, I was let down. I think yeah. over time I've come to really appreciate views for what it is. I actually think it's one of his strongest. Um, but at, when it first came out, I was like, there's too much here. There's, I don't get it. I, that, that it, 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 it wasn't as strong. I mean, coming off of, if you're reading this, it's too late. And, uh, mm-hmm. and what a time to be alive. And then going even, even with summer 16, I was like, this is Drake doing his thing. This is Drake being Drake. But this is one of the things about Drake is that every album he has something that he's going for an idea, whatever it is, he's, mm-hmm. there's some kind of idea for the album and what he wants to do. And with views, when it came out, it was kind of, kind of contrary to what i had expected after yeah after what he had released the last three releases that he had been a part of and Mm -hmm. back to back you know back to back hotline bling uh uh, summer 16 plus what a time to be alive if you're reading this it's too late even even um uh, 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 nothing was the same to a degree. I yeah. was like expecting something different. And when it came out, mm-hmm. I was like, me, me, I don't know. Um, but then now I go back to it. Uh, I, I find that I really like it. I think that there's a lot of really good stuff, uh, going on, uh, going on in the album that it, it kind of has aged really well, especially because of how much it influenced music. And I think that that's, again, goes back to one of the things that I said at the start where Drake dropped something and the first 
couple weeks, month, you're like, eh, maybe ye- maybe couple months, you're like, eh. But eventually everybody catches up to him. And then all of a sudden you kind of yeah. realize how how prescient and how on the nose he is and how much of a like a tastemaker and trendsetter he is. That it 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 especially going back to it now in the past couple of years, uh, you know, five, six years after it's dropped. And I'm like, wow, this is mm-hmm. this is pretty pretty dang good. Um, well, then even well, then you know, you look at like how after views, it's like a lighter. I would say a lighter album, more probably on his R and B side, perhaps. But then the next out, like he does the more life like tape, and then you know that's where he's like doing you know his grime ship he's going on like trap shit so it's like is he just deliberately just like you know just throwing everyone off the scent of like what's he going to do because then like he just yeah i think at this point he's just like fuck it i'm just he just starts doing whatever he wants to do which like and they're not all they're not all going to be hits with me. Like I, yeah. I particularly know what I like out of Drake, so I'm not expecting everything to be fire. Especially if he's going to go through multiple phases of experimentation, because now basically he's has the trajectory of like every album he's sort of exploring a different thing. Like now he like even more recently now he's put fucking doing dance music. Like, yeah, you know, he's exploring like Latin element music. Like, you know, it's, it's, he, he moves in a, in a way where like views came out and it was, uh, it was, you know, like, it was this thing where views came out and people didn't really understand it, but he just was like, at this point, I think you're right. He just was like, I'm going to do what I need to do and views to this. Well, as of 2019, so says Wikipedia views remains, uh, Drake's best selling. Uh, it was, uh, uh, it was, Views was became the most commercially successful album. It was sitting atop the Billboard 200 for 10 non-consecutive weeks, as well as simultaneously leading the Billboard Hot 100 and the Billboard 200 for eight weeks. It achieved double platinum status in the U.S., earned over a million album equivalent units in the first week of its release, as well as gaining over half billion overall streams for the album. Uh, critical opinion on the album remained divided. Uh, some said it was overlong and lacking in cohesive theme, uh, uh, and saying he wasn't challenging himself artistically uh, as opposed to his contemporaries. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, uh, I mean, one on the success of one dance alone, like, uh, it was, it was huge. And I also think that views has one of another, one of the, songs that people don't really uh uh kind of a deep cut that i really love um it also uh one well first the 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 song i should say is uh with you featuring uh, uh party next door is probably one of my favorite um uh drake songs i don't think ever. i know i don't know that one. Oh, it's so good it's just such a good it just makes you feel good it's just like a nice love song it's really good Plus, it's the you know Western Road flows, hype, feel no ways, controller, one dance, Grammys, child's play, pop mm-hmm. style, like um, Hotline Bling was added to it as a bonus track. 
Like there's a bunch of really good stuff on there. It also won uh top rap album, Billboard 200 album, iHeartRadio Music Awards. It was nominated for album of the year and best rap album. Mm-hmm. It won American Music Awards, favorite hip hop album, BT Awards album of the year. Like it was, you know, with even with people being like, eh, it did really well. It is, it, it was a, a big thing. And then yes, of course you have, um, uh, you have more life, which was a playlist curated by uh, 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 what's his name um, Oliver uh, uh, Oliver Al Khatib, who is um, uh, I believe uh, a co- label co-founder of OVO Sound, um, and that album featured. Well, it's not really an album; it's a playlist. He said it was heavily uh, posted about on Instagram. I actually like more life. I liked more life when it came out. I mean, it's not my favorite thing of all time, but it, it free was smokes hard. free smoke, no long talks, passion fruit, uh, blem, Galchester, Skepta's interlude, um, uh, teenage fevers. Good, uh, fake love. Oh my. Okay. Actually this has probably my favorite. This is probably my favorite Drake song ever. Ice melts with young thug incredible um fake love there it just portland with quavo and travis scott sacrifices to chains young thug he has a kanye west feature on glow uh i just think it's a really solid release a lot of people uh, were kind of lukewarm on it but at the time it could also just be my nostalgia for the time but i really loved that yeah. uh album um i mean yeah from pretty much like here on out like the next couple albums like there's like now there's songs by drake that i like but like i think uh like if you're reading this it was probably the last full drake album that like i would listen to front to back and like now like there's other songs that like i like i like like even like a um, oh yeah, like before the Meek Mill thing, you had this zero to a hundred, the single, that song was fire. So like that's why views it just I don't know, it was just weird. And then, you know, more life was like, you know, now he's just doing experimentation shit. He's just doing whatever. And so yeah, this is that's where I would say Drake lost me. And like I wouldn't say I necessarily dislike Drake and like his next you know, the projects that he's done, like Scorpion has good stuff on it and whatnot. But like, I don't know, for the most part, that this would be the point in which I checked out of Drake. This is where if I had any stock in Drake, I was like, not that I feel like the stock's going to perform badly. It's just like, I'm just, I, I just don't care for it anymore. So, and know. that's fair. Uh, Scorpion was the next uh, album that he released. Um, and, uh, uh, I mean, I'm not going to talk about care package cause care package is just a bunch of, uh, old songs and demos. If you're a fan of, of like backend catalog B side stuff, that's pretty much what it is. He didn't have anything to drop after Scorpion. So he made this care package. It does have the song girls love Beyonce, which is an incredible track, uh, and a couple, couple other good ones, but, um, Scorpion was the fifth studio album. It was released in 2018. Um, it has guest appearances from Jay-Z, Ty Dolla Sign, posthumous experiences, uh, appearances from Michael Jackson and Static Major. Um, it's uh, the MJ feature. 
it it this is where the I mean more life had some critical meh some in views had some meh but it wasn't like a lot this is where some people uh gave really lukewarm critics uh or lukewarm reviews from critics um it's uh uh the the first side was viewed as a sharply focused hip hop album by the Daily Telegraph uh with Drake delivering eloquent zingers but the second half showcases Drake's flip side a sensitive R&B lover man a lot of people said the album is frequently fi- or sorry the guardians of the album is frequently fantastic making a stronger claim for Drake's greatness than any amount of swaggering braggadocio but also noticed noted there isn't quite enough strong material here to support its gargantuan running time that's where the issue was cuz it was a two disc release i always said if you took out like a a good number of songs from that and released it just as the good songs, it probably would have done a lot better because it is really long. There's uh 13, 12 songs. Uh, so it's 25 songs long. Um, That's I actually, too many songs. Man. It's a lot of songs. I actually do. Uh, uh, I actually really like most of Scorpion. Like the first, first, Side track A, it's got, you know, nonstop, elevate, God's plan, uh, mob ties, talk up, uh, can't take a joke, eight out of ten, I'm upset. Like those are all really good songs. The second side, it doesn't, it's not as strong to me. Um, it does have nice for what, which I love. It's got that New Orleans bounce. Murder Beats really killed it with that. Summer Games is an incredible like R&B callback to it's almost like karaoke the song and it's just like an emotional R&B Drake song that I really like. Uh mm-hmm. Blue Tint is uh like one of my favorite uh Drake songs ever. Know, it's good. It's like his his like verse on Sicko Mode does more for me than like the entirety of Scorpion. It's to each, to each their own. I was I don't know. I also I don't think I've like honestly have listened to Scorpion front to back because like as I said, like I know at this point I'm not going to like an entire Drake album, but yeah. like. I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I like Drake here and there. Like, look at Sicko Mode. That was, like, the biggest song ever. And, like, it's due in part to Drake saying dumb shit, like, out like a light. Yeah. (laughs) Why was that a thing? Why did that catch on? How? But Drake has that fucking... He just has that. He has his fucking weird fingers on the pulse of for some reason what's going to catch on as i said he leaned into sort of the goofiness like you're not going to have some rapper that takes himself way too seriously have a line like out like i light yeah and like catch on as like a serious thing but like i don't know the dude like i'm not going to knock the dude but like i don't know you know what what can i say i'll give him I'll I'll just talk on things that I like. So I really like Sicko Mode, which came out the same year as Scorpion. <laughs> yeah, and Sicko Mode is great. Um, yeah. Uh, some of the native negative reviews, people said Drake's exhausting, uneven double rap R&B record, finds the artist trying to be all things to all people. The best part of this double album, much like, like much of Drake's discography, is the production. Of course, the... 
it's the result of a whopping 32 producers being commissioned for 25 songs in a package. As a result, there's some interesting sonic moments, even if there isn't much cohesion outside of an affinity for low frequencies and Baroque existential loops. Uh, Some people called it soggy. uh, Expressed discomfort about Drake using the same formula. Um, uh, Calling an album soggy, that is... But it did. It was nominated for album of the year in the Grammys. It won the top Billboard top Billboard two thousand or two hundred album top rap album at the Billboard Awards. Nominated album of the year at the BET Awards. uh, Nominated for favorite pop and favorite rap album at the uh, American Music Awards. Um, It's a plat. It's certified platinum. it was certified platinum a day before it released due to a technicality that incorporates the track equivalent units moved by the previously released singles. God plan, God's plan. Nice for what? And I'm upset. Um, the day of its release, Scorpion broke Spotify's one day global record for album streams. Uh, and it's sorry, in its first day of release uh, with 132.45 million streams. It also broke Apple's Apple Music single day record with 170 million streams, breaking his own record set with more life. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it people and also one of those things is I find, again, with this album, Scorpion, mm-hmm. I like it more now. I find that like with Drake's albums, especially in the later half of his career, he drops something and I'm like, eh, eh. Mm-hmm. But then as it goes on, I like it more. Um, Then we get Dark Lane demo tapes. Again, this is another like collection of B-sides and like random one-offs. It's like a demo. It's got a couple songs on it that I really like. I do like that war song. It's very heavily influenced by grime. I Mm. mean, this is, again, past more life you see Drake pulling in or, or views you see drake pulling in a lot of different influences from world yeah music. i mean the man starts rapping in accents that he doesn't have so yeah um, also going through a bit of an identity crisis i think perhaps or he's just hanging out with a lot of people from from uh or he's just having the fucking time of his life yeah he's he just like he could fuck just it. enjoy yeah <laughs> um Dark Lane demo tape tapes came out. I'm honestly not that familiar with it. I've listened to it yeah. through it once or twice, but I it's not that really um, mm-hmm. didn't stick out for me. And then you have Certified yeah, Lover say, Boy. Yeah. Certified Lover Boy, uh, probably the weakest album that he's released for me. Um, yeah, I mean, Knife Talk is sick, and that's it. That's the only song I remember. Uh, yeah, Knife Talk, like, there's a couple things on this album that are really good. Uh, I like Champagne Poetry. I like Poppy's Home. Um, I like, uh, uh, Love All with Jay-Z. Um, I like, uh, uh, TSU. I like Knife Talk. I like No Friends in the Industry. 7am on Bridal Path. So there's some, some stuff on here that's all right, but overall it's kind of a lackluster for me, a, a bit of a lackluster release. Metacritic gives it 60 out of 10. Um, they, you know, it came out last summer um, uh, on on uh, September 3rd uh, while we were actually up at the cottage all together. Yeah, I remember. Um, I remember. And we listened to it and we were kind of underwhelmed, especially after, yeah. uh, after uh you know it had been so long and and after the kind of hype the lead up the back and forth that he had with kanye 
and it's it just a lot of people stated that it seems like Drake parodying himself. Uh, you know, yeah. Pitchfork said with much of Certified Lover Boy, Drake seems to be doing what he thinks Drake would do, and ticking uh, the box is taking its toll. And uh, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a it's a fine album, but it's not. You know, I would probably take Views or More Life over it because at least he's trying to do something a bit different. Um, mm-hmm. But this one, yeah, it, it this one. Um, uh, yeah, it was a. This was a. This was yeah, definitely. I would say his weakest um, uh, album for sure. Which I guess is why I guess is why the next one, honestly, never mind, is just completely. It's a new. He's going going for a new thing. Yeah, and I mean, uh, I also have to say that song "Way Too Sexy" shouldn't exist. Like, I yeah, hate that yeah. song. It's, like, yeah. probably one of the worst songs I've ever heard. And it really pains me because, like, I like Drake. But, like, it's bad. It sucks. The music video is, like, kind of funny because he's got Kawhi Leonard dancing and and they're making fun of, like, workout videos and stuff. But that's been done before. I don't know. It just, it would, it, it just it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Like, I wish that wasn't on the album. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, at this time, he's done doing a bunch of features, uh, he also released his second Scary Hours EP, which I forgot to talk about. Scary Hours came out um, before Scorpion, and it had God's Plan and Diplomatic Community. Uh, it was an EP that he dropped out. Then he drew, dropped an EP, Scary Hours 2, um, and uh, and that had What's Next, Wants and Needs with Little Baby and Lemon Pepper Freestyle with Rick Ross. That's really good. If you want to hear him rapping, rapping, that one's really good. He was on a bunch of, uh, you know, he's throughout this time, he's working with, with Migos and with Future and with YSL, you know, who are in jail now. But um, uh, a bunch of different people. Um, uh, and... Uh, and, you know, but Certified Lover Boy, kind of lackluster, wasn't really feeling it. And then he put out as a surprise uh, uh, this year. Um, he dropped. Two months ago. Yeah, it was like not that long ago. Um, honestly, never mind. On June 17th, his uh, a surprise album, um, which uh, is not like anything he had put out before. Uh, at the time when people first heard it and when I first heard it, I was, I didn't know how I felt about it. I, I have qualms with the mixing of it still, although it seems like the tracks have been updated a bit and some of the stuff has been cleaned up, uh, which I, I can't, that's just theorizing. Um, when I first heard it, I didn't know how to feel about it. I was, uh, I'm sure I said on this podcast, I wasn't sure. Uh, but as it's, aged i find myself actually really enjoying it as a summer album it's it's uh heavy producer it's a heavy heavy um production from black coffee from gordo who is uh carnage it's carnage dj carnage but it's his edm name i guess gordo uh and and 40 and it's uh a lot of uh house um baltimore club type music um and it's just dancey it's <laughs> yeah and uh with a couple like sticky uh and jimmy crooks 
are uh, are are Those more are hip-hop, like straight up rap songs. Yeah, rap songs. So. But for the most part, it is a dance record. It is uh, marketed as a dance record. Um, uh, people, music, uh, uh, music critics liked it. People on Twitter did not like it. I think that that's kind of changed changed over time, but when it would, but the critics liked it because it was he was finally doing something different, and yeah. you know, um, Robin Murray of Clash called honestly, never mind a puzzle that will take a long time to fully unlock, a devastating turnabout that will fascinate and frustrate in equal measure, which is very much true. Um, Tim Sendra said, honestly, Nevermind is a welcome development in the Drake saga, a left turn off what was starting to seem like an endless stretch of trap heavy highway. The destination is still sad and self-involved, but at least the scenery is colorful and never boring. Um, People called it appealingly weightless, escapist, and zealously free, an album of entrancing club music, a pointed evolution towards a new era for one of music's most influential stars. Uh, uh, it is also a Drake album made up of almost wholly of the parts of Drake albums that send hip hop purists into conniptions. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a dance album. It's not a Drake album. Well, it is a Drake album, but it's not like, so I don't know. Like I haven't really listened to it, so I can't really talk. It's honestly, I, I didn't get it until like the first time I listened to it. I was like, Oh, this is different. And I was like driving home from dropping you guys off. I think it was after we went to, you had a screening. I think it was the, um, uh, what's it called? Screening. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Well, I was listening to it in the car and I was like, yeah, yeah. And then I listened to it the next day. I was like, yeah. And then I gave it a little bit of time and I listened to it outside while I was like having a fire and drinking something cold and refreshing. And I was like, oh, but wait a minute. This is this is it. This is what when you're supposed to listen to it. Like it's it's not a sit down and listen to the bars and try and understand it and try and dissect it type thing. It's something completely different and it's really kind of grown on me. Uh and I I actually really do appreciate it. Now do I think I will be listening to it in the winter? No. It's very much a summertime being outside, preferably with a cold drink in hand, vibing type thing. Um, but it is something different and you got to respect him for it. Uh, and, you know, we've left out a lot of stuff because he's done a lot more than that. But that's pretty much it. So yeah. we've this has been a long recap because of his career. Um, let's just try and 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 summarize here. Who you would say your favorite album is? Um. Yeah, my my favorite albums definitely. Like, I think his his stretch from like "Take Care" to "If You're Reading This, It's Too Late." I think you could play most songs from that area, and I'm happy. But I don't know. I would say probably "Take Care." I guess. I don't know. That's just my personal favorite. Just has some of my personal favorite Drake songs on it, and like, you know, like it being. I have like nostalgic about nostalgia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Attached to it, so like, yeah. So probably that one. But that's yeah. I would probably say 
if you're reading this is too late is probably my favorite. I mean, it's so tough because each of the albums is a little bit different and I like a lot of them. I think that Drake is actually a fantastic artist and you know, I, as I said, throughout my life, I've kind of gone back and forth. There were times early on where I was like, oh, this is good. But then everybody hated him and I didn't, is he corny or is he, you know, there, there's a lot of, and the kind of discourse about him online and there's some stuff that he's done that has been kind of, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> where you're kind of like, uh, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, we're not going to get too deep into the personal sketchy sides of Drake, but you know, he's, he, he, he's, he's a weirdo. He's a weird guy, but you know, yeah. Um, but I think probably, yeah, if, if you're reading this, it's too late. Um, uh, would probably be my favorite or and most list, most kind of re-listened to. Although I do listen to views a lot now. Um, I do like Take Care. I do like Nothing Was the Same. I do like Scorpion quite a bit. I do like More Life. Uh, but I think if you're reading this, it's too late was uh, the one that really I was like, ooh you know i was like god damn um and also you know i like bars so but i also like yeah. pop i mean i make pop music so there's stuff like you know stuff from all of the albums where he's you know karaoke hold on we're going home find your love uh, uh you know summer games uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that i like that he does where he's doing his singing thing too so i mean he's yeah. he's a trend maker a taste maker one of the biggest artists in the world and then honestly never mind is something refreshing and different and i i actually have come to really respect it and enjoy it too so it's it's you know i, I can say for certain certified lover boy is probably my least favorite um, yeah i think that's across the board that was the first one i listened to like and was instantaneously just like nah it does it does really feel like he's like sat like making a parody of himself yeah. in that record yeah like, certified it just seems like he's the easiest that's gonna be a no for me dog sorry yeah, yeah um and then you know and and i i do like thank me later but i don't think that it's it's uh if we're going on like strongness of albums i i, I think that it's a great debut but comparatively to take care nothing was the same and if you're reading this like those three in a row um those were like you back to back to back you know like you, yeah. it was like undeniable at that point um and then views has aged really well for me i really really like that album and i think that it's done really well and i mean mm -hmm. we haven't we haven't even talked about like we're and that he is you know, we can't even gone into like all the guest features, yeah, all like, the different stuff he's done, all the behind the scenes things he's done. We really just we stuck to the albums. We stuck to Drake by the numbers of the albums. And I think because like if you wanted to do all of Drake, we would have to do like a second part because the man has he has a large output. He has he puts out a release of not necessarily an album, but he puts out singles and releases out fairly often. At least once a year, you're getting something from Drake. He's never really disappeared from the eye for, for too long. Um, and, you know, I think 
you know, we never even got to really go into like all the people you sort of like also sort of spawned off like the weekend and you know other people that have like become associated with OVO Party throughout Next the door. years. Yeah, and yeah, like, like you know, and I mean the thing too is that he he and he's also very business savvy. He uh, he he um, has you know he's he's huge in pop culture um and uh uh he also is involved in steak um he recently was in jack harlow's um churchill downs which is an incredible feature that that well i was like wow because that churchill downs came out the video is great um and and his his feature on that if you haven't heard it is great and when that came out, I was like, oh, Drake's back. I was like, yeah, there we go, buddy. Uh, but then he didn't, yeah. then he put out, uh, in, that was earlier this year. And then he put out, uh, honestly, never mind. And I was like, whoa, wait, what is happening here? I wasn't really sure. Um, but at that point, I thought when, with Churchill Downs, with his feature and him rapping his ass off, I was like, I saw, honestly, never mind. He put that up on, on, on saying, oh, tonight at midnight, right? And I was like, oh, shit, he's co- it's, it's the sequel to If You're Reading This because the cover is the similar. It's just the name of the, the album. So I was like, oh, here we go, baby. And then it was a dance album, which that also kind of threw me for a loop, which is why when I first heard it, I was like, what's happening here? But now I, you know, I understand a bit more. But he's, I mean, he was the insider to Claire Drake, the artist of the decade of the 2010s. Uh he he has albums on the 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 best um uh you know most important albums he's yeah he's, he's well regarded he's very popular like i don't think we have to go through everything but he's very very popular i think really the only major setback he's ever sort of had is when pusha t sort of gave it to him with yeah i was bars. just about to get to that uh there he is known for getting in in beefs with other rappers and he's known for settling them quite viciously especially after the meek mill beef uh but before scorpion dropped uh he did get into a beef uh assuming it's because of the rivalry comes from um uh the the feud with uh uh, uh with Kanye. well at that point he and kanye weren't feuding um pusha t criticized drake in on infrared in on daytona his album daytona for having ghostwriters which i i i thought well you know why man you you made an album with kanye west don't you ghostwrite for kanye like what it why would you yeah. why would you do that it never made sense to me like didn't you ghostwrite the mcdonald's theme pusha <laughs> did you forget great. about that <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't Ronald McGoddamn Donald. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like I, I felt like I was like, oh, he's just doing it because you know um, they've kind of considered to have a rivalry because of Pusha T's feuds with Lil Wayne and Birdman. Um, mm. But anyway, what had happened is Drake uh, responded with uh, Duppy Freestyle, which was actually really good uh, as far as the diss track goes. But Pusha came back with um, uh, the story of Adidon, which is like, it's probably one of the most vicious <laughs> diss tracks I've ever heard. 
uh, not only does he does Pusha T in that song uh, uh, expose, um, and this is where Great the feud, w- yeah, this is in Duppy Freestyle is where the feud started with with Kanye too. That's where he started coming at Kanye for some reason as well, probably because he felt Kanye shouldn't have allowed Pusha T to uh, insult him, especially since Drake helped write Kanye's album. Yay. That came out that year. Drake had been in wherever they were, Wisconsin or Wyoming or wherever the hell that, that farm was. Um, and he had helped write it and then Pusha T dissed him. And Drake was kind of like, yo, I was just there helping you guys write this. So he did, he went after Pusha T. He went after Kanye with Duppy freestyle and Pusha T, yeah, he he exposed his child, <laughs> which is like I pretty mean, wild thing to do. Pretty wild thing to do in a diss song. Expose the, your opponent's hidden child, uh, which Drake had to then, uh, you know, uh, comment on on Scorpion and say, yeah. you know, I wasn't hiding. Baka, my- Baka, he just he just showed his child. He brought his child out. Yeah. Oh my god. He's using his child. Pusha T is using Drake's child. Oh my God. This yeah. is unheard of. But that wasn't even the worst part of it. I thought the thing that was the most despicable was to comment on uh, Noah Forty Shabib's uh, MS. I thought that was, uh, that to me was not, yeah. not really like, I was like, okay. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's not necessarily cool, but, like, Pusha T doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's where I was like, okay, like, that, you know, I mean, exposing the child is, is it is an invasion of privacy and whatever, and that's taking something that Drake told them in confidence and throwing it out to the public, and I understand how that could be enraging. But then he goes on to talk about Drake's mom and talk about Noah 40 who's one of Drake's best friends and confidants and business partners and whatever. And, you know, kind of insinuating that he is going to die soon because of his illness uh, and stuff. And that uh, to me, I was just like, I understand what you're doing here. uh, But wow. You know, like, all right, buddy. Uh, And then Drake never responded to that. He just took the L. Uh, Apparently there was a track that was recorded that was going to come out. And apparently it was, uh, it was worse than that. And, uh, and people feared uh, physical violence and retaliation and things escalating to a dangerous level. So, uh, so, you know, Drake got, uh, got told by, uh, by the godfathers of hip hop to, not respond to it and just let it go. And I guess he did it. Uh, um, he's all Drake's also feuded with kid Cudi, Joe Budden, Kanye West, um, DMX, Kendrick Lamar common. He's feuded with the weekend, but the friends again he feuded with triple X Tentacion, Jay Z, but the friends again, Tory Lanez, ludicrous. Um, boy, uh, boy. Yeah. But apparently, oh, all of them have been have been resolved. I mean, XXX and Tassian, uh, rest in peace. He's 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 done. Yeah, no, no. I'm gonna personally go on the record and say I hope he doesn't rest in peace. That guy was a piece of shit. Um. Yeah. All right. That's um, my personal take of XXX. Uh, DMX. 
they didn't. DMX can rest in peace. <laughs> rest in peace, DMX. That's the other X. That's um, the only X that's getting my RIP. Uh, but apparently, most of those have been have been uh, have been um, uh, squashed and resolved. And uh, and Kanye and him have have uh, very famously uh, f- fixed their feud, and uh, uh, they. Uh, uh, um uh your friends they kissed and yeah they up. kissed they and made up hug, they performed uh yeah they performed uh uh to um uh they performed I like how together rappers whenever they kiss and make up they always have a song that they they have together like they always have like a verse that they've done together so they can just be like Oh, we're friends now. We can just go to some random show and yeah, just there do was, this song. There was and a then, lot of speculation on on how serious that beef was, or whether it was, uh, whether it was a, um, uh, just like kind of for publicity. Um, but yes, and so Drake does have, uh, 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 uh he he does have a son. Um, uh, yes, and uh, and his son. Uh, if you ever get a chance you find the video of his son speaking in french to him it's probably one of the funniest things in the entire world because the son pretty much says in french you know when you get old you're gonna die and become one with the universe and drake can't understand him so he's like oh what are you saying what is that and then the kid like says it in english and he's like wow say it again in french and i'm like your son is like telling you like <laughs> like speaking in existential philosophy in French to you. And he's just acting like it's like, it's just really funny. This is a weird video. Anyway. Um, that's Drake. Yeah. yeah it's that's, it's that's just Drake. a weird guy. Weird guy. Very memeable. Uh, but you know, as we said, the stats don't lie. He's a, uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's huge. Uh, I don't know if we want to say, do you, do some some of the favorite songs i guess we kind of already went through that I, I, yeah i've already said my favorite songs here or there man yeah so yeah got a lot of good I songs I we've guess already done um, we're coming up on like two hours now we're like an hour 45 ish yeah i guess we should we should close it down but before we close it down um we didn't as we said before there was stuff here that there's so much drake stuff we just went through it by the numbers whether you like him, don't like him, whatever, you do got to respect the man's hustle and his influence, his impact. Um, and, you know, he, as Otis said, broke the, he cracked the code and took hip hop in Canada to levels never seen before. Uh, so you do have to tip your hat to him for that. Um, and, uh, and you know, there's definitely, whether you lean towards a certain era like Otis does, or if you appreciate most of his discography like I do, we can all agree Certified Lover Boy was not that good. Um, it was a certified stinker boy. Now, uh, speaking of, of, of Canadian hip hoppers, uh, as of today, you can listen to uh, Violets and Furs, the uh, new EP from Emerson Corleone, our homie Emerson, uh, produced exclusively by Magic Beats. Uh, it also features uh, some amazing features from uh, from artists like Mark Scorn. Um, I got to go check out the, uh, the, the track list on here. I was listening to it. It's got New Villain, Mark Scorn, 
and a bunch of others. Last song, Eastern Sunrising, is a posse cut, um, all produced by Magic Beats. Uh, it is a drumless hip hop EP, so it's relying heavily on samples and wordplay. If you're into the, that kind of old school underground hip hop, if you're a big fan of uh, Mark Rossi or, or how do you say him? Rock Marciano. I don't know if it's Mark yeah. Marciano. Uh, You're having, um, that's what they call a, uh, a spoonerism. Yeah. I'm, I'm having a, a mental breakdown. Um, no, yes. it's a, uh, it's a, a sample based hip hop. It's really good. I listened to it last night. He's doing his thing. If you like Emerson rapping as he does, just yeah, wraps the he, shit out of it. Rapidy rap raps. He does. Yeah. I love Emerson. Emerson has some of the best bars. Emerson. Uh, speaking, whenever I sp- like think of Emerson, I always think of uh, that scene in this in this is the end when it's Jonah Hill talking about the one guy. He's like, he has the best references. Yeah, it's got the best references. <laughs> Emerson has the best references. So yeah, he's, uh, he's, it's real good. Um, you can, uh, stream it on all streaming services right now. As for me, uh, September 2nd on infinite repeat anxiety weekends, first album filled with, uh, lush, uh, and, uh, and fun bedroom pop goodness. Uh, listen to me sing about things in my life. I worked really hard on it. Please, uh, if you are a fan of the old EP or any of the singles, uh, please listen to it. Please stream it. Uh, please share it with your friends. September 2nd, it's my birthday. So celebrate my birthday with me on September 2nd with on infinite repeat on all streaming platforms. Do you got anything you want to uh, promote? Um, no, not nothing particular. got some stuff on the way, but uh, yeah. I'll let you know about those later. Uh, just follow me, um, Twitter, Instagram at Otis Morris Dude. And uh, yeah, I don't have much going on. So I don't know. All right. Yeah. Well, you can follow me at P A L M R E A D R on Instagram at P L M R D R on Twitter. Uh, oh, you may remember last week I said I dropped a song. I actually didn't drop it because I added it to the album. So don't go looking for it. Uh, it will be out on September 2nd. And oh, uh, next week we'll talk. Silly boy. Yeah, well, I decided it was good enough it could be on the album. I was like, yeah, no, no, nah, no. Nah. Uh, just going to add it to the album real quick. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, uh, next week, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I'm sure we will talk about Prey because we will uh, probably both watch it before oh, yeah. then. Uh, I and mean, uh, I got some wild movies that I'll talk about next week too. But yeah, we'll talk about that next week because who knows what we'll talk about next week. Yeah, know. we'll get to it. All right, everybody have a fantastic weekend uh, and uh, initiate the protocol. We'll see you next week. Peace. Yeah. Peace out.